Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 912. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiismach at take10fortorah.org. Today's 10 is sponsored by the Lewis family in memory of Fred Lewis, Fa'al Yitzchak, Ben Aftali, David Zichon, Racha, Meir Torah, be an aliyah for his neshama. So we have the holiday of Purim coming up, and when we think of the holiday of Purim, we of course think of the mitzvos of Purim. But it's important to understand that the mitzvos of Purim, the commandments related to Purim, are associated associated with the principles that were meant to be taken away from Purim. What are those principles that were meant to be taken away from Purim? So I would suggest that the principles really follow the narrative of the story. The narrative of the story begins with Haman accusing the Jews or telling Achashverosh that the Jews are an Am Mefuzar Umefurad. They are a separate, they are a disparate nation. They are not connected, they are not together. You won't even notice that they're gone. And then what happens after the threat after the threat, it's Lech Kenos Es Kol HaYehudim. Esther says everybody should be gathered in. We talk about it as Kehila, Kizman Kehila Lakol. It's a time of gathering. And the truth is, the type of gathering that we experience in the story of Purim is not something which should be so surprising. We're pretty good at getting together when things are rough, in crisis moments. We're pretty good at that. But what about when the crisis abates? So sometimes we begin to, uh, you know, claw at each other and get not so nice. So I believe, I believe that maybe the mitzvahs of Purim were meant to capture that moment and to really understand what does it take to connect people even beyond the moments of crisis. So the first mitzvah of Purim, of course, is the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. Mikra Megillah reminds us of the story. The next mitzvah, I'm not going in order, but the next mitzvah we'll discuss is mishta. That's the suda. The suda is very good at bringing people together. You have a meal, you invite people. Okay, so that's wonderful. But the other two mitzvahs, I think, are really very, very interesting and very geared towards this goal of connectivity between people. So first we have mishlach monos. The Megillah tells us one of the mitzvahs of the day is a mishlach monos, ish l'riehu, that we're supposed to be giving monos, portions, to our friends. Now, that doesn't necessarily only mean to our friends, the mitzvah is to give one person who should be the one person. So it should be one person who you're creating a sense of connection with. And that connection should be fostered by just choosing a person who is not necessarily already on your list, but a person who is the neighbor that you don't talk to as much, or somebody who's a little bit more distant. Connecting with that person, the Mishloch Monos, seems to be more so the point of the mitzvah than just reinforcing the friendships you already have. So with that in mind, we come to what I believe is the most powerful mitzvah. It's a mitzvah we've probably spoken about in this uh, podcast before, the fourth mitzvah of Matanos Le'avyonim. Matanos Le'avyonim is gifts to the poor. Now, gifts to the poor, usually we think of in some sort of tzedakah form. It's a tzedakah, we just give and find people who are needy and we give them money. But there's more to it. The essential drasha, the exposition that teaches us about Matanos Le'avyonim comes from the word Matanos Le'avyonim, after Mishloach Monos Ishtlerei, Matanos Le'avyonim, we're supposed to be giving one thing each to two people. But what is the nature of that giving? So the Tosefta explains, Ein medaktikin b'migbas purim. We are not so exacting in the collection of purim. And it gives the example that, you know, we might over-order 
or buy too much. And even though, even though it's going to be, uh, there might be leftover, we're not going to be so exacting so that we make sure that we only apportion the exactly appropriate amount for the day of Purim. The Gemara continues in Bavli, it has to be for just Purim, right? Real generosity on Purim, just because it sounds and feels like it's too much money. For Purim, no, 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 we still infuse it all into Purim. The money for a city should remain in that city. We shouldn't start making calculations about how, you know, it's enough for this city, let's bring it somewhere else. Ein medaktik in medavar. We're not meant to be so careful with this issue. The Rishalmi explains that ein medaktik in bemaos Purim, ela kol mishahu poshet es yado litol nosnin lo. So the Yerushalmi teaches that anybody who puts their hand out, you should give. This is an understanding of Ein Medaktikin, which is beyond what we've seen so far. Ein Medaktikin, usually, you know, we have said, means don't just buy the exact right amount. But anybody who puts their hand out, Ein Medaktikin, we're not going to get into an analysis of who they are, are they deserving, should they be getting, etc. The Tosas Harash puts it differently. He says, Kol dichvin Anybody who claims that they need Anybody should be allowed to walk in and take. The Ritva says that Ein medaktikin medavar lomar hu ani. We don't. We're not so exacting. Forget about the amounts that we give. We're not even so careful to figure out if we should be giving at all. The royal litein lo. We don't try to figure out if they are deserving of it. The imlav or not. Alanost in the chaladam sheyavo biyitba shein yom zemidin sedaka bolvadal midin simcha umanos. It's about simcha and joy and gifts one to the other. And so we see this other element of connectivity, and I would just point out that there are two parts to the relationship. There's the Mishlach Manos, where we initiate, of course, and we try to find somebody who we're not so close with, but then there's the Matanos Laviyonim, when somebody sticks their hand out, and I would, maybe naturally on every other day of the year, and maybe it's okay every other day of the year, have a certain sense of judgmentalism, trying to figure out whether or not I should give to this person, I shouldn't give to this person, should I invest in this person, or should I not invest in this person? This is the type of thing we do, and that's how we develop our cliques and we develop our little groups of people but there's one day a year where we are not so exacting there's one day a year where we're not so careful about who it is that we befriend or who it is that we provide resources to or who it is that we care about so it's not just mishloch monos where we initiate but it's also about matanos Yonim that anybody who initiates to us we have to be accepting of their entreaties there's a beautiful source the Seder hayom writing in the 16th century talks about this uh, this idea of what would happen on Tzfat on Purim morning. And it describes this incredible scene where people would come, based on the blessing that they have, they would fill their pockets with their money, and people would walk around with cups, and uh, the cups would be for all sorts of different communal needs, and the cups would get full. And then the poor people themselves, the widows, the orphans, the umlalim, the unfortunates, would walk around and collecting money, and everybody was a part of this process. Everybody would look forward to this day, this day of unadulterated giving. Everybody was the same. Even people who perhaps didn't have to take, but didn't have enough money to give, would join together with those who could give, and they would also figure out a way to be and to look like givers. They would make deals, I'm going to do it on your behalf, and they would figure out a way that everybody would be able to be a giver, and everybody would have that same sense of generosity. He even points out that even the Gentiles who would come in that day, it's a Jewish holiday, but even the Gentiles who would come in that day would also be treated with the same level of of generosity, with the same smile on our face. And finally, after all of that had been done, the Seder HaYom explains, 
At that point, you are able to read the Megillah and understand the story. Now, there's a, there's a lot to this, because when we think about what it is that happened in the story of Purim, it was a moment of crisis. The Jews came together, and we survived that moment of crisis. Very often, in moments of crisis, we do that. We do that till this day. There are terrible things that happen to the Jewish people, and you feel like, you know, you look around at Jews, and everybody's got the same thing on their mind, and everybody is connected. But then after that thing fades away, it seems to disappear. Now, what this, I believe, Purim is trying to do is trying to take the, the key of what it means to connect with others, to actually go out there and try to connect with Mishloach Manos, to be able to be accepting of a person's hand who is out. And by the way, not just a hand in tzedakah, but how about a handshake, a person who wants to connect with you, to be open to them on this day, because not only should we be able to connect in the context of tragedy and sorrow and suffering and crisis, but also we should be able to connect in the context of simcha. It's interesting in, in how when people are having a good time, they, you know, maybe they, they have a couple of drinks, they're a little bit more comfortable, they're, they're a little bit uh, less guarded, and sometimes people are much more friendly. And so we're trying to capture on Purim that simcha, that joyousness, and that connection that comes through it, not only the joyousness that's brought upon by, by the actual simcha and the mishnah, but also through these mitzvos, because they are the methodology for how to get there. Of course, Rebzadok HaKon says that there's another element of why should we, we should be so generous. He says that the same way we are, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should follow the mitzvos of the Rabbanon. They said, Kol yad no lo. Anybody who sticks out their hand, that uh, to, to ask, we should be providing. So too, if we stick out our hand to God, if we ask God, if we daven for things on Purim, God is, so to speak, obligated to respond. But it's not only, it's not only that. It's also if we are able and willing, when people stick out their hand for us to give a hand back and to shake it and to connect with those people and to give Mishloch Manos to those who are not connected with, hopefully through that connection, we will able be able to celebrate Purim in the way it was meant to be celebrated and also take the lessons of Purim and connection to other Jews throughout the entire year. Have a great day.